intimate knowledge. Ephesians 1.17 Revelation is intimate knowledge of Jesus Christ. How much revelation? The exact amount you are intimate. Ephesians 1.17 Wisdom and revelation and intimate knowledge of Him. That the Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the intimate knowledge of God. Intimacy. The measure you're intimate is the measure you see. Into me you see. In me you see. And apart from intimacy, you do not see. Why were they blind? Because they were religious. That's why they're not happy. When you are intimate, you're happy. Because you know you're loved. When you feel it burning inside your heart, the Shulamite with the seal of the king of his fire burning on her heart. She knows who she is in her king. She knows who her identity is as queen. There's a new queen of heaven in town, the Shulamite warlord, she's called in the Song of Solomon. And she is intimate, and by intimacy, she's full of revelation, intimate knowledge. You have the exact measure of revelation as you do intimacy. You are created to walk in the Father's garden in the third heaven while your bodies are on earth. That's how Adam and Eve lived. Their entire hearts and souls were in Eden, the third heaven, paradise, while their bodies were on earth. That's what, that's what restores all things. That's what turns on 90% of your brain was created for Eden's ability. There is nothing in the heavens or the earth, in the stars or the sands, that can activate the brain to go past 10% except the garden of intimacy. Amen. And it gets turned on by joy, by peace and the fruits of the Holy Spirit, out of intimacy. The brain gets turned on and the brain begins to glow. A morning star is a brain on fire like a solar system. Your head is a rock that can burn brighter than the noonday sun. Acts chapter 9, Jesus Christ, firstborn from among the dead, burning brighter than the noonday sun in the scorching road to Damascus heat. They're in the desert. It's 110 degrees out. He's riding a horse to Damascus persecuting Christians, Saul of Tarsus, with a black stone for a brain called the religious mindset and the living stone, the chief cornerstone, the morning star Jesus Christ shows up and reveals to Saul of Tarsus the revelation of His grace. And it went into His spirit. His spirit was instantly changed. Jesus flew right into His Spirit. Anytime you encounter revelation, you're encountering Jesus flying in your spirit because there's a river flying inside of you. It's a river, but it also raises you up into the heavens so that you can be more heavenly than earthly. In James, it actually says to be earthly is to be unspiritual and demonic. We need to be heavenly and not earthly. We need to be from above and not from below. How do we be the above people we are created to be in the Garden of Eden? 
intimacy, intimate knowledge, intimate knowledge of Him. The more intimate knowledge you have of God the Father burning in your heart, the higher your soul will operate on earth as it is in heaven. That's the abilities of God that are manifest out of intimacy. Now, one thing God does is apart from intimacy because God is love. God is love. And the fruits of the Spirit are love, peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All the goodness of the glory of God is manifest out of intimate knowledge, revelation knowledge. So you choose how intimate you are with God or with things in the world. People are intimate with idols. People are intimate with spirits of infirmity. They serve them intimately in their heart. They guard them, cherish them. They serve demons. People are intimate. Most people are intimate with their demons, with their familiar spirits. And we have, all have stuff we have to overcome. How do we overcome everything that's in the world? By intimacy. And there's the blood of the Lamb when you screw up, just purge your conscience from the, the act of death you participated in. No condemnation. Brush it off. A righteous man falls seven times. Listen, this world is so full of smut. This world is so full of pride and religion. This world is so full of sorcery and immorality. You'll probably screw up several thousand times, several million times, <laughs> million times. Before, before you hit the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. And you know God the Father won't ever bring it up because He watched you climb Mount Zion, going from glory to glory, growing in intimate knowledge of Him as your soul rose like a hot air balloon every step of the way. He's never going to accuse you because the blood has been shed once and for all. Now you can accuse yourself by not using the blood, not using the river, not growing an intimate knowledge of Him. Saying no to revelation is what really seals the person out of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit only brings revelation. He's the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And there are many evil spirits that would have you just with religious knowledge in the brain that has no intimacy in it. God is love. The entire new covenant is a marriage covenant based on love. Meaning, you can't take one step in New Testament Christianity without growing in love. And the love of God is the glory of God. When you manifest glory, you're manifesting your secret place, the hidden person of your heart that's been intimate with God. You are birthing the rivers of the Garden of Eden when you're intimate with God. It's birthed out of relationship and it's birthed out of intimacy and it's a marriage covenant. And you need to be drunk on it. I tell you the truth, there's only two trees in the garden. In the book of Revelation, those that participate with the carnal nature are drunk on the blood of the saints. Those who participate with Christ's spiritual nature are drunk on love. You're either going to be drunk on the world or you're going to be drunk on heaven. Song of Solomon 2.4, He brought me into a house of wine, therefore His banner over me is love. In Song of Solomon 5.1, Eat mates, drink, and be drunk with love. The gospel is drinking the blood of Jesus, which is the love of God. It's drinking the glory of God. It's saying yes to every word that comes out of Eden as perfect seed. Because it's based on intimate knowledge of Him. When it's based on intimate knowledge, an experience of love from the hidden person of the heart, 
Every word is revelatory because it's intimate knowledge. And that's what feeds your spirit. Growing in love is growing in glory. Most people don't have that much love so that their souls are not whacked out in the glory all the time. The standard today of perfection is continual ecstasy sealed in the Garden of Eden. You might not believe it right now, but you will. There's acceleration. You are created in this generation, predestined, foreordained, to walk in the Garden of Eden in continual ecstasy in your generation. And we'll teach you how to do it. We do it. We walk in continual ecstasy for about 11 years in the Garden of Eden. Now I'm growing tremendously too. I'm learning tons of stuff. But we've been in continual ecstasy experiencing the realm of Eden for 11 years continuously. This is available for all the bride of Christ. The Shulamite will overcome the world and be sealed in the Garden of Eden. Who is the Shulamite? Anyone who's in love. It's as simple as that. The seal of Song of Solomon 8 is divine love burning in your spirit, burning through your blood, and burning through your souls. He makes his ministers or his priestly bride a flame of fire, and the fire is divine love. This fire will consume every enemy of love. When we call down fire from heaven, we're calling down love. We're calling down the glory of God. The Shekinah, the fire burning on the mountain. Get, let, listen to this. In Exodus, you got the Israelites out there. Moses is burning on the mountain. He's on fire. He's a sim, symbol, symbolic of a revivalist. And you got everyone down below scared of the fire. What was their reaction to the glory burning on the mountain? That they were so scared of the fire. It looked like the top of the mountain was consumed with fire. That's what the Bible says. They went into full-blown orgies. They built a golden calf, went into orgies, wife-swapping, full-blown sexual immorality in the Scriptures. Those are the two trees in the glory in the garden. The glory burning on the mountain. So you have to adjust yourself and get all the immoral nature out of your heart. Otherwise, you'll manifest lust on a level you didn't even know you had in your DNA. I've seen it thousands of times. The glory of God will set you apart to be a burning man and a burning woman on the mountain. It will set you apart from sexual morality. It will set you apart from the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh and all idolatry of the golden calf down below. Down below the mountain symbolizes the earth dimension. Everyone in the earth dimension is going to be in the worst forms of adultery of all time, as it was in the days of Noah. The worst forms of the golden calf idolatry and the worst forms of the orgies of the exodus of Moses. It's, it, you know, you think it's bad now? Wait till you see 10,000 people burning like Moses on Mount Zion in the new covenant reality of the mountain of the burning of the anointing oil. Because everyone who has an earthly nature will manifest the fullness of, a, of how evil and wicked the natural man is. It's completely and totally controlled by Satan, the serpent in the garden. The serpent nature will be fully manifest in the earth dimension before Jesus returns. It will. You'll see the full manifestation of the serpent nature, the natural man, the fallen man. That nature will be fully seen 
everywhere. You haven't seen anything yet. <laughs> right now, they're still, they're still holding back big time. When you have a bride that's caught up onto the mountain, that's burning in the Shekinah like a cloud of fire on the mountain, and everyone in the earth realm is looking up to the bride burning on the mountain, then you'll have the full manifestation of the two trees in the garden. One of the heavenly kind and the other of the earthly kind. Amen. The earthly kind is 100% diabolical. Demonic on a level you can't even imagine. You haven't seen demonic yet. Oh, you will. The fire of God, of the woman of righteousness, the bride of Christ, will fully reveal everyone's hearts before Jesus returns. It is written in Scripture. So this is a time of a great separation. A time where people all over the world are rising in the glory. You're going to have a billion people burning on the mountain. It's not a small number. Okay, Mount Zion is going to be populated. We're going to populate heaven with millions and millions of people. There will be revivals burning in every city in the world. Amen. And those cities where there's burning revival, there will be a separation of the earthly and the heavenly. Just like it was in the old Exodus, so it will be in this Exodus, as it was in the days of Noah. It's not just going to be eight people saved through the water representing the glory of God. You know, they were saved through water. The water represents the glory of God, the living water, the crystal clear living water that sparkles. Amen. There's going to be millions and hundreds of millions of people that learn how to drink the glory, that rise because they want to live a heavenly life. And the things that have kept them down in their souls will be washed away. There's people rising all over the planet right now as I'm speaking. There's people rising that aren't even hearing the gospel, but it's raining upon them and their souls are rising in spiritual elevation. And they're being transformed by the reign of Christ. How many of y'all know you're already in the seventh day? I tell you a mystic mystery that I've never heard any other prophet tell anyone, but this is the truth. The Jewish calendar is over 250 years wrong. You're in the Jewish year 6019. The Pharisees changed the Jewish calendar in the first century to not point to Jesus as the Messiah. The Gregorian calendar is accurate and aligned with the Jewish calendar. 2019, you're in the Jewish year 6019. The millennium reign of Christ is from 6,000 to 7,000. The Pharisees changed the Jewish calendar. It's a fact. I've studied it out extensively. At the end of the first century, they were so freaked out about the Christian revival and all the Jews following Jesus. There was a revival in Jerusalem. They wanted to extinguish it. I mean, blasphemy on a level you cannot imagine. Even the diaspora. I mean, it was just judgment in the first century. The whole world was shaken. The gospel is still shaking the whole world. It's not done yet. But it was crazy in the first century. The first coming of Christ completely changed the world. It changed time from B.C. to A.D. And we're still feeling the repercussions. I'm telling you, this gospel is the living word of God that is not done working and bringing judgment upon Satan and his angels into the world. This, the words of God cut down demons. By the Spirit of God, we drive out demons. Amen. The Word of God is so powerful and energized. There are rivers of the fire of the Word of God that will absolutely destroy the works of the devil worldwide before he comes. 
Hallelujah. The bride of Christ will be victorious over all the world. Hallelujah. And it's by the Word of God, the Word of grace that is able to build you up, sanctify you, and give you the inheritance of the glory realm. The inheritance for us, brothers and sisters in Christ, is the heavens. You are rising to take your glorious throne in the heavens. What does grace do? Is it just to feel good? Yeah, I mean, you want to feel good. You want to feel in continual ecstasy. Otherwise, you're in unbiblical Christianity. You're not really partaking of the Garden of Eden if you're not feeling it because you have 10,000 watts of resurrection power surging through your spirit and your brain. There's, there's evidence of intimacy. The nine fruits of the Spirit are all fire. Love is fire. Joy is fire. Laughing tongues of fire. And they were drunk in Acts chapter 2. It's all about the third heaven taking over through a people that will say yes to Jesus and His Word constantly. Even the crazy stuff. We've done a lot of crazy stuff. There were three years of our ministry. God asked me to re redeem curse words. And we lost like a hundred financial partners. I mean, it's just the things God will ask you to do to irritate people's flesh, carnal minds, American culture, to get into third heaven culture is beyond human comprehension. Because he doesn't want you stuck in your brain. He wants you in the spirit in the Lord's day, wrapped in power. Revelation chapter 4, I was wrapped in power on the Lord's day, and I heard a voice above me say, come up higher. He's taking us up higher. He's leading us by His Word and by His Spirit and by His blood when you mess up, when you go laterally. Some people have seasons where they don't go vertical. <laughs> I've always gone vertical, but sometimes been slower than others. It's been really fast, but sometimes been slow compared to our pace. But some people, they'll just they'll settle for a season and be like, I, I need a break from growing. I'm just so burnt out. And we've seen that many times. And there's grace for that. Not everyone is just crazy going 100 miles an hour like Christ. Christ was, you got to understand, Scripture says he grew up like a tender shoot. He, he grew at the, um, the maximum speed that any Christian can possibly grow to hit the mark of the high calling to be the perfect representation of God the Father by age 33. No one will ever hit it that fast, but you can open it up that realm, open up the narrow path, and make it available for people to hit that mark in 33 years. Hallelujah. And your spirit's already there. It's your soul that's catching up. Amen? Your soul needs some time to catch up. I've never seen anyone born again and then has all the wisdom of the ages in their soul the day after that. I mean, my God. You're, you're lucky if you have the wisdom of ages after 12 years of continually feasting on the Word eight hours a day after you're born again. And that doesn't discourage anybody. I'm just telling you, He's the Ancient of Days. If He took 6,000 years for us to get here today to mature the times, <laughs> listen, it's not a microwave thing. It's not just put the word in and you're just seven blazing torches, seven horns, seven eyes in the midst of the throne with all the abilities of God. We've been going after this thing with everything we have for 20 years. <laughs> me and the company of people that have been with me this entire time. Company after company, tribe after tribe, group after group. And we're still unlocking realms of glory and knowledge of the glory and intimate knowledge yeah. More than ever before. There is so much more available. Yeah. 
going deeper into the, into the Word, which is the keys of the kingdom. The Word of God is the keys of the kingdom. Putting the Word into your spirit and opening up a realm of fire through the Word is what opens up greater realms of intimate knowledge. There are realms of intimate knowledge we know nothing about. Things that have been sealed up where it's been a dead letter. That's what mean, It means it's sealed. When it's dead and you don't understand and there's no experiential third heaven reality to the Word, there's no intimate knowledge of the Word, there's no radioactive radiation of the sevenfold Holy Spirit burning in the Word, then it's still a sealed Word. The Bible is a sealed Word still to most Christians. Our revelation is tiny compared to where we're going. Tiny. We're going to be feasting on gemstones for eternity. We're going to be walking amongst the gems of the third heaven in Eden and Eden's rivers for eternity. And it's by the word opening up in our spirit out of intimacy does it become a revelatory realm. And the revelatory realm is the realm that's working with angel power that sustains your soul in the natural dimension. So you're like a walking orb or a morning star of glory light like Jesus Christ in Acts chapter 9. Where every single word is working in him because he has perfect intimacy with God the Father. That nothing is sealed. The line of the tribe of Judah opens the seven seals. It's a scroll because it's the Bible. The scroll was sealed. They couldn't understand the Bible. Jesus Christ said, you don't know the power of God or the scriptures. It was a sealed letter. When you mix it with the Lion of Judah's seven torches of intimacy, of the Garden of Eden's fire, then it becomes alive. Then it becomes energized. Then it starts changing your mind. Then it starts turning on that 90% of the brain that's been dormant. And you start to glow. Stephen with a glowing face. He went past chimpanzee's 7% brain activity. He went into some of the abilities of the spirit. Some of the abilities of the living word. And the more living word you have burning in your heart, the more your brain is burning. And the more you're glowing like a morning star. That's what it means for us to have the prophetic word made firmer still. That we're still growing that our spirit man is still gelling, that we're still eating the spirit of prophecy, we're drinking the spirit of prophecy, and we're eating the prophetic word. It's the bread and the wine. They're both living, so they're both prophetic. The spirit of prophecy is the wine of the new covenant. The prophetic word is the bread of the new covenant. You can feast on the living word and the living wine of the flesh and blood of Jesus Christ, the transfigured glory of God, as much as you want every day, and get as high as you want daily. Because it's the bread and the wine that lifts your spirit and soul up above the realm of the dead, even while in the body. There'll be rivers flowing out of your heart. Rivers flowing through your soul. Divine ability. You'll see the crowns of Christ manifesting through you. On His head are many crowns. So where is Christ? Christ in you. So you will see the crowns of Christ. That's how you can easily see if someone's serving the real Jesus or some, you know, Jezebel fake Jesus. Are they manifesting the crowns? There were many crowns on Christ's head. If you have the real Jesus working in you by intimate knowledge, there will be crowns manifesting through your head. People will be freaking out about your power, your authority, your intimacy, because you'll be releasing the fire of Eden that restores all things. <laughs> Satan and his angels and the principalities of Babylon the Great and the Seven Mountains don't want 
everything restored. God wants everything restored. Who will obey God's will out of intimacy, out of intimate knowledge? They're the overcomers of the end times. They're the ones that rise in the glory and serve God instead of creation. It's all about growing up to serve the Creator and not serving anything in creation. No idols. Not serving the golden calf. Not serving the lust spirits. Not serving the religious spirits. Not serving in the earth dimension. Serving in the heavenly dimension as priests and kings in the glory realm. Amen. You are a priest and king in your spirit nature. Every single one of you. You are born again priests and kings after the Melchizedek order. That is your true eternal nature. You look just like dad in the spirit because you've been born of the Holy Spirit and the waters. The issue is now growing in intimate knowledge so your spirit man overtakes your conscience and your conscience is more aware of your spirit, your eternal spirit, than your natural body. That's how you overcome death. Amen. And when your spirit man overtakes your body, then it begins to burn through your soul. How does your soul begin to burn? He restores my soul. Seven horns of burning anointing oil. Don't think so much horns like, like a goat. Think horns like Samuel's horn of oil. These are horns of the anointing oil. It's the seven spouts of Zechariah's radiations. It's the, the golden oil of the sons of golden oil. It's the seven spirits of God. It's God's sevenfold Holy Spirit. The menorah was the only light in the holy place. And the Holy Spirit is the only light in your spirit. How bright do you want to shine? How dependent does your soul get on the oil, on the anointing? The wise virgins had so much oil. But they couldn't give it to the other ones because they had to develop their own intimacy. You can't really share intimacy, can you? No, that's something that's done in the secret place of the heart. Now, there's intimacy in the marriage covenant, but you can't give another Christian intimacy. That's something they must do with their bridegroom king in their own spirit, in the garden of their own heart. And as you're intimate, you'll get healed of everything. Every problem we have is a love wound. Because God is love, and every problem, every sin is a lack of love. So when you grow in intimacy with your king, every area of your life, your spirit and your soul and your body is healed. Guaranteed, 100% of the time. You grow in Song of Solomon, you grow in wisdom, you grow in intimate knowledge, your healing will be like the dawning of day. You'll begin, you'll get so intimate, the bride of Christ will be so intimate and birthing and so much power and rivers of glory power that it will heal every sickness and disease of all humanity before Jesus return, returns. I tell you the truth. There'll be regions, there'll be so, people will be so intimate with Christ that you walk into the membrane of the Isaiah 4-6 dome and the covering of divine love that when you pass through that electrical membrane over U.S. cities, you'll be instantly healed. You cross, you're just driving through the highway and you feel the electrical fissure of someone's intimacy with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, a manifesting Son of God who has birthed the whole realm of Eden like a dome and canopy over cities. Some cities, it'll be like 50 miles wide. Eventually, we'll completely cover the whole earth and everything in it with the glory of the love of God. We'll consume all the natural realm with the Garden of Eden out of intimacy. Amen? That's where we're going. That's the end result of our faith. A new heavens. 
where love dwells, and a new earth full of divine love, and the air will be love, and there will be rivers of love. Talk about world peace. The Bible has prophesied it for 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 years. The Bible's been prophesying a day when everyone will beat their weapons into harvest equipment and everyone will be so drunk on love, all they'll be doing is loving everyone. There'll be no comparisons, no, no competition, no envy, because there'll be no prince of the power of the air turning you against brother and sister. There'll be no envy and strife. There'll be no curse of the fall. Isaiah 4, 6 and it says, The dome of love will protect them from the scorching heat. There'll be no sorcery meaning there will be no more pride. Heaven is a pride-free zone. It's a lust-free zone, we know that, but it's also a pride yeah. and stubbornness Woo. and self-righteous and religious-free zone. Mm. Heaven is a pride-free zone. There will be no sorcery, no immorality by the intimacy of the Garden of Eden through the Bride of Christ, birthing the power of the glory and drowned in the earth as the waters cover the sea in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So into Red Letter Ministries. Donate cheerfully and liberally at redlettermen.com and we'll see you tomorrow. Amen. Amen.